time. It's a precious resource. And the Bible has quite a lot to say about time and how to use it. So we're going to listen to two passages read to us this morning, one from the Old Testament and one from the New. And I think Jackie's going to come and read for us. There are two readings this morning. The first comes from Ecclesiastes chapter 3. That's on page 637 of the Church Bibles, starting at verse 1. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain. A time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. The second reading comes from Ephesians chapter 5 and can be found on page 1111 of the Church Bibles. Starting at verse 15. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord always giving thanks to God the Father for everything, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Matthew's going to come and share his reflections on those passages, so let's pray for him before he does that. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your gift of time and your gift of eternity. We thank you that you have set eternity in the hearts of your people. And so we pray this morning that you will take Matthew's words and speak through them those truths that you want us to hear. And that you will open our ears and our minds and our hearts so that your words may take root in our lives. Grow and bear fruit for your kingdom. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Can I add my welcome to, to Linda's and say it's great to see some new faces each week. We hope you find a place of welcome in our church family. You are very welcome um, and you're very welcome to join us for coffee afterwards and get to know us a bit better. And that's you. Um, so, so welcome um, if you're here for the first time or you're coming back after a while. Time. We all have it. And, you know, we might have a different totality of time in our lives, but the actual sum total of the day is the same for all of us. We all have 24 hours a day. Um, We have 168 hours a week. And we have 8,736 hours a year. And your starter for 10, Lee, how many boiled eggs can you boil in one year? (laughs) Bravo. We need Steve to check his maths. (laughs) And whilst time is the same, how we experience time is constantly changing. There are those times when everything feels slow. I remember as a young child the experience of waiting for a family holiday to come around and time just ticking and ticking on and this feeling that it was an eternity away before we actually got to board a plane or to go, go on holiday somewhere. Equally, there are those times when the, the dials of a clock seem to be high on caffeine and they're whirring around as quickly as is humanly possible and there just isn't enough time in the day to get all the things that we aspire to get done, done. And then there are those times, those beautiful times, when we connect with someone or something at a far deeper level and time goes and fades into the background and we lose all conscious awareness of it completely. And in that moment, whether it's a person or a situation, a piece of art or music that's grabbed you, things seem timeless. Worship can be such a time when, we, when we're, with all our heart, soul, mind and strength, we invest our time to encounter Jesus afresh and we truly come face to face with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That can be one of those beautiful moments of encounter where things become timeless. So you and I have this gift of time each day. The question is, how will we use it? We're currently spending five weeks looking at stewardship, exploring how we use responsibly and generously what God has entrusted to us. Last week, Linda explored how we might use creation, and particularly how we are responsible for caring for the creation which is God's, yet entrusted to us. And so this week, we continue on in our series to look at time, a precious gift, And we explore today how we might use the time God gives us responsibly and generously. But this morning's talk requires two mental shifts for you to make in your mind. First, if we take a day with 24 hours and then we take off eight hours for sleep, I'm obviously stereotyping, um, eight hours for work or school, um, maybe a couple of hours for preparing food, eating food, clearing up the remnants of food, take an hour off for washing, um, take an hour off for you know, getting kids out of the door or more, depending on you know, how your family functions. Um, you haven't got much time left at all. So mental shift number one, 
you probably haven't got that much time to do more with. So as we look at how we might use time responsibly um, and generously, it becomes a question of how can we use the time God has already given us um, to seek out his purposes. Mental shift number one. Mental shift number two. Linda reminded us last week from the scriptures that the earth is the Lord's. We live in God's world, which through grace he has entrusted to us, but the world is never ours. It has been entrusted to us um, to use for God's glory. So too with time. We so often talk these days in terms of I or, or mine or even ours. But when we talk about the things that God has entrusted to us, be it creation or time or money or, or, or gifts, it's never about my or I or ours. It's about his his, his creation, which he gifts us. His time, which he gifts us. His money, which he gifts us. All to use to serve his purposes. So that's the second mental shift. That time is God's, given to us by grace to use for his purposes. And these two mental shifts underpin everything that I want to share with you this morning. So keep them in mind. If you have your Bibles, go back to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Um, the page reference is 637, Ecclesiastes chapter 3. I'll give you a moment or two to find that. Page 637, Ecclesiastes 3. And in Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1, we read, There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. The Hebrew word here for there is a time is zeman, uh, and the Bible uses, us, uses it to tell us that there is an appointed time or season or occasion for everything to happen. Remember our second mental shift, time is not mine, it is God's. God has created time and he uses it to serve his purposes. So to build on what we discover in Ecclesiastes, God appoints or sets times in our lives for purposes that we might not know yet, but that he wants to work through um, to serve his glory. And we know this, don't we? We know that there are times and seasons to our lives. There are those seasons which feel quite settled when things seem to be going well. And everyone around us seems to be happy, and we feel happy. And in those seasons, we can be so thankful for the provision of God, for that happiness and for that steady state. Equally, there are times and seasons to our lives when everything seems to be collapsing around us. And you ask the question, what next? What more could go wrong? Almost daring it to happen. And in those seasons... We are taught to learn to grow ever more dependent on the grace of God to get us through those difficult times. But we know that there are seasons um, and times to our lives. And through these times and through these seasons, God is working his purposes for you and for me out. So Paul, writing to the Romans in Romans chapter 12, says... Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
What Paul recognizes is if we are to grow in Christ-likeness, we have to live in a pattern and order of time that God gives us. When we step into another pattern or order of time, we start to diminish the ability to, of our sort of spiritual antennae to search out what it is that God is calling us to do. And so we're called to live in God's pattern and order of time so that we might seek out and live out his purposes. And so back to Ecclesiastes. We see God's detailed ordering of time. So a few observations. First, note the structure of the passage itself in verses 1 to 8. We have 14 statements with two opposites in each. In other words, the passage itself has a rhythm or a pattern to it. Secondly, it's it's fairly comprehensive. It covers the reality of our lives. This is not to say that every event or circumstance we face is listed here. But it is to acknowledge that the breadth of seasons we're likely to encounter in our walk, in, a, in our walk through life, is represented. Thirdly, the passage tells us that there are both events um, such as birth and death that will happen to us. There are events which we must respond to, such as war. And there are actions that we must take, like planting and uprooting and throwing away. In other words, in different seasons, our tasks, our responses, and what happens to us will change, and our priorities will change with them. Time is God's, but through grace is given to us. God intentionally appoints times and seasons for us to encounter experiences and situations which help us to grow in him. And the pattern of our lives will change according to how we invest our time. Paul, when writing to the Ephesians, our second passage from this morning, tells us in verses 15 and 16 that we are to be wise and to make the most of every opportunity. Other translations of the scriptures tell us to be wise and to make the most of time. But regardless of whichever translation of the scripture you use to read this, The word for opportunity or time being used is kairos. And kairos appears something in the order of 94 times throughout the New Testament. And it has a very specific meaning. It refers to time set by God to use for his purposes. And so it's very similar to the Hebrew Zeman, which we encountered in Ecclesiastes and elsewhere in the Old Testament. But kairos refers to those moments, those seasons that God has ordained uh, for us to serve out his purposes. We see this powerfully in Mark chapter 1. So, so Mark, uh, sorry, John the Baptist is pointing to the one who will come, Jesus. And Jesus comes and is baptized by John. He's arrested and then Jesus begins his public ministry. And, and the scriptures tell us in, in Mark 1 that the time, the kairos, is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. So there are times that God has appointed us, to, appointed to use for his purposes. <coughs> but the New Testament has another word for time, which is chronos, 
And chronos refers to specific units of time, minutes, hours, days, years, seconds. So do you see God created and gives us chronos, the the minutes, the hours, the the days of our lives, to seek out kairos, those God-given moments, those opportunities that um, are contained within the time that we're given. And the risk... The risk is that in focusing too much um, or too little on how much time we have available or not, we miss the opportunities that God has intended us to encounter in our lives, those kairos opportunities. If we're too busy or we're not even looking, then we can so easily pass over what it is that God wanted um, to show us and reveal to us in those moments. And so we need to be open to the Holy Spirit's prompting. We need to be um, tuned in um, to the direction um, that God wishes to take us in, so that if we're wandering down a different path, we might be open to the Spirit prompting us to change direction of travel and to seek out that kairos moment that God planned for us. We have to be open to changing our priorities. And there are several areas in which we actually encounter these kairos or these God-given moments and opportunities. Here are a few. Time with God. Fundamentally, unless our lives are grounded in spending time with our Heavenly Father, seeking out his presence, learning from his word, searching him out in prayer, holding our lives before him, then our ability to, to, to sort of discern these moments when they come is diminished. Now, the negotiable thing is that you're all wonderfully different. You're gloriously different. You're wired in different ways with different styles of prayer. So for some of you to sit in silence for 20 minutes praying in a darkened room would be horrific. And for others, it would be bliss. For some of you to go for a walk up Crow Hill or to Bourne and back, you know, would be uh, and to pray along the way would be the wonderful way to engage with God. And that's part of the glory that is the the body of Christ. Um, And so whichever way you connect with God, keep doing that. But the point is connect with God. Intentionally make that time in whichever way you do it to connect with God. And then we'll be more tuned in to those Kairos moments when they come. We see this in Luke chapter 10 where we encounter Mary and Martha. Mary chooses to sit at the feet of Jesus, to learn from her master to learn from her saviour, whilst Martha is busy in the kitchen. Who encounters the Kairos moment in that story? Who is told that she was doing the better thing? Working lives. In Colossians we read, whatever you do, work heartedly for the Lord and not for men. So we are to use our work, our employment, to serve God. How can you be a Christian in your office or your workplace? How can you reveal Christ's love to your colleagues, to your friends? What opportunities might God be giving you in those places to serve him? How might random acts of kindness manifest themselves so as to share the love of Christ? How can you be Christians in the workplace? Rest. In our last series, um, our parish nurse, Kath Price, talked about the importance of rest and shared with us that God's love is not diminished when we stop doing things. 
In fact, God's love for us remains constant whether we're actively pursuing a whole range of tasks or we're sitting and doing nothing. And that the pattern and orderliness to our lives is critical. So can we search out God, those kairos moments in our rest? I think we can. Family. In Deuteronomy, we're told of the importance of spending time together as a family, especially when we have children. And fellowship. We gathered this morning as, as a church family, as a group of friends, brothers and sisters in Christ, to gather, to worship, to encounter God afresh, and to stand alongside each other and support each other as we grow in faith. And this gives me a great opportunity to affirm you and to say well done. You know, for, for wherever you live out your Christian faith, whether it's in church activities or whether it's in the workplace or in schools or colleges or whether it's in, you know, cafes or shops or, you know, toddler spaces, wherever it is that you are and, and wherever you invest your time, well done. Well done for being a Christian in those places. Well done for being a vehicle through which the Holy Spirit works and ministers to people in those places. Well done for being the light of Christ in those places. Well done for having the courage to be known as a Christian in those places. Be affirmed, be encouraged. We've been in praying a lot recently over the last few weeks um, for members of this community who work at Addenbrooke's. Um, and our prayer has been that, that you might be salt and light in a place which is struggling at the moment and where morale might be low. That, 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 your, that the carrying of the Holy Spirit within you might be a salt and light in that place. So God created time. He created it to be full of seasons and opportunities to reveal himself and his purposes. He intentionally means there to be different seasons to our lives where life will look different and our priorities will need to change if we're to take advantage of what God has in store for us. And we've been encouraged to use our time with God, our working lives, our friends and families, and our membership of the church to reveal God through the way we invest time. There are glorious Kairos-filled moments for you today, if only you will seek them out and be prepared to change your priorities to live within those moments. Let's pray. Father, lead us into into deeper life in you. Lead us into more rooted life in you. Help our roots to sink deep into the lifeblood of your spirit so that we may search out those moments which you've created for us to be part of your kingdom's work, to reveal the love and grace of your son Jesus, to serve your people in love, to reveal the life-transforming message of faith. And Father, we're so excited to hear stories um, and testimonies of these moments. So I pray today, Lord God, that when we gather next week, 
we may have such a range of glorious Kairos-filled testimonies that we might so be encouraged to search you out more and more. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.